Broadcasting from Charlotte, North Carolina on Sports Byline USA. Uniting sports fans everywhere, this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. People want the authenticity, right? They want to know a little bit more. They don't want just the cliches. For the next hour, we will unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Uh, I'm thankful that God has delivered me and he's given me a mouthpiece to be able to, a platform as well to be able to share with different people about how good he is. Bringing you high energy and thought-provoking sports talk with a purpose. This is about like the Lord's blessed this opportunity and, and becoming, you grow and you learn things. Now, from his mic to your ears, this is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to Unpacking It, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. So glad to be with you today. We've got an awesome show for you. In just a little bit, we'll be joined by former NFL defensive end Al Wallace. He spent 10 years in the league and played in the Super Bowl in 2004 against the New England Patriots. And so we'll ask him all about that and get his thoughts on the Patriots. And of course, they've got a big game against the Kansas City Chiefs. And speaking of the Chiefs, at the end of the show, we'll do a segment called Unpack This. And I've got some thoughts about Chiefs safety Eric Berry and and what an inspiration he is and so we'll uh, we'll talk about that I read a great article about him this week and wanted to share uh, some of my takeaways from that up next I'll let you know what I'm convinced of and we've got three topics this week one is about the New England Patriots and their fans specifically those aged 25 and under And it's incredible what they've experienced throughout their sports fandom. And then we'll also get into the topic that DeMarcus Cousins brought up this week about the Golden State Warriors being the most hated team in sports. Is that true? And who should be considered the most hated team in sports? And then also, how do you feel about a seventh grader being recruited by Michigan and being offered a scholarship? I've got some thoughts on that as well. We're just getting going here on Unpacking It. Thanks for being with us, whether you're listening on Sports Byline USA, Sirius XM Channel 211, Dan Patrick Radio, or online, unpackingit.com. We're glad you're with us. Inspiring conversations and intriguing interviews. More Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson after this. Going beyond the field. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson on Sports Byline USA. We're a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life. I'm Bryce Johnson. You can check out our website, unpackingit.com, and be sure to subscribe to our email devotional and our podcast. It's time for a segment we call I'm Convinced, where I let you know what I'm convinced of from the week in sports. And we're going to start with this, because as we get ready to watch the Patriots play in another conference championship game, I'm convinced 25-year-old New England fans and younger are the most spoiled sports fans in the history of sports. Think about this. 18 years ago, a seven-year-old Pats fan 
started watching his team win. And that's all he's ever seen. (laughs) I mean, think about that. Most of us have been through terrible seasons with our teams. And maybe we've experienced a few winning years. Or or maybe we've had a a, a few years of of a great coach or a franchise quarterback. Or... Or maybe we had a great franchise quarterback, but we've never won much, like the Chargers. But we've never experienced what New England Patriots fans have experienced year after year after year. Because we've had bad quarterback play, or disappointing coaches, or countless heartbreaking losses, if we're a fan of any other team. But the Patriots? Even the year when Tom Brady was injured, Matt Castle still came in and led them to an 11-5 and record. And I think he won 10 games. Now, I'm convinced that these Patriots fans take this for granted. And they can't appreciate all that they've accomplished. It's just normal for these fans to experience a shot at a Super Bowl every year. And then win one every few years. Because I, I, I'm trying to think back of all the different you know, championship teams and, and even great dynasties over the years. Nobody's experienced the level of success that the Patriots fans have experienced. <laughs> because they put on that jersey as a 7-year-old, and for the next 18 years, all, they, all they've experienced is success. Now, they had Deflategate and Spygate, and they've had some things that maybe tarnished their their fandom for a moment or they had to defend their team for a while but overall all they've done is win and think about how many other fan bases can even come close to comparing all right so Alabama they've had different runs over the years but their their last you know 10 years with Nick Saban have been incredible and and they're in the championship game almost every year and and they've been a big part of the the college football playoff And, and then you think about in college basketball Duke and UNC and Kentucky they've had so many great years and if you've been a a Duke fan for most of your life which I actually have been we've experienced great success as fans but it still doesn't compare to New England or even the New York Yankees or Los Angeles Lakers fans or Boston Celtics fans nothing comes close to what fans have experienced in New England if you're 25 years old or younger and all you've ever known is Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, except for the the 10 games or whatever with Matt Castle. (laughs) I mean, and then you had a few games with uh, Jacoby Brissett when, when Tom Brady was suspended. It's incredible. And, and, And I hope if there are Patriots fans listening, I'm convinced you need to appreciate what you have because there's no way that it lasts forever. But guess what? We've been saying that probably for the last 10 years, last five years anyway. There's no way this lasts forever, but it seems like it never ends because the Patriots are right back in the conference championship game. We'll see what they can do against the Chiefs, see if they can get back to a Super Bowl. But either way, fans, you've had a nice run. You've had a nice season yet again. All right, so that's what I'm convinced of there. And and we'll continue this conversation about fans a little bit because Golden State Warriors center, their their new player, DeMarcus Cousins, made some interesting comments this week, and he said that they're the most hated team in sports. And so I'm convinced that we actually hate fans more than teams because I'm convinced the Warriors haven't been relevant long enough 
for for the average fan to to have the years of hate building up because I'm convinced teams like the Patriots, Yankees, Alabama, and Cowboys are much more hated teams. And when I think about all those teams, though, I lean toward the Cowboys being the most hated team in sports. And so we have to look at, okay, what what does it mean for a team to be hated? Because I think it goes way beyond the players on the court or, or on the field. Because let's face it, the Golden State Warriors, Steph Curry has been likable. Klay Thompson has been likable. Kevin Durant has a lot of fans. He, he's said some things and done some things that have kind of turned people off to, to him a little bit. And, and Steph Curry, same thing. As, as you rise, you, you gain a lot of fans, and then you, you annoy a bunch of people as well along the way. But even, even as Golden State has risen to this dominance that they've experienced in recent years, they still just haven't been around long enough to annoy non-fans long enough. Whereas the Dallas Cowboys, those fans have been around a long time, and especially in the last 20 years where, where they haven't had the, the type of success that they expect and talk about and what they remember from the, the, the good old Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin, Emmett Smith days, those fans continue to be so loud. And on the media side of things, Dallas Cowboys, former players are everywhere. Troy Aikman, Tony Romo, Jason Witten, Jimmy Johnson, a former coach. I mean, they're, they're everywhere. And so I think that contributes to this, you know, this notion that they're, they're a hated team. Now, of course, they have tons of fans, and Cowboys fans are everywhere. But because they have so many fans everywhere, I think that increases their chance to be more hateable. And, and so I just don't think there are enough Warriors fans that have been built up over the years uh, for them to have the most hated team in sports. I just don't see it. Now, I think Alabama may be a hated team, and, and there aren't as many fans of, of Nick Saban because if you look around the country, you know there are plenty of alums that went to Alabama that are fans, but, but they've got a concentrated fan base in the South. And, and same with the New England Patriots. Now, they've got a, a large fan base up north, but around the country... Uh, there are transplants and that sort of thing, but I don't see it the same way as I do with Cowboys fans. So I, I'm convinced that the Cowboys, they're the most hated team in sports, and it's because of their fans, not the Golden State Warriors. So what do you think about that? Let me know your thoughts on that, because I think it's a fun topic to really think about. How do you determine which team truly is the, the most hated? Let me know your thoughts. Bryce at unpackingit.com. Bryce at unpackingit.com. All right, I got one final story to share and let you know what I'm convinced of, and I'm going to have to do this a little quicker than I would like. But this week, it was announced that 7th grade quarterback Isaiah Marshall got a scholarship offer from Michigan, and this was a reminder that I'm convinced the recruiting process has gotten way out of hand. I feel sorry for kids that in middle school, or sometimes even younger, like a 9-year-old, they have to deal with college coaches at that age. Now, I know parents love the idea of their kid getting a scholarship, and it's cool for a kid to be recognized for his talent. But we're talking about a seventh grader. He's still developing in a major way physically and emotionally, and nobody knows what kind of player he'll be in college or, or even what kind of person he'll be. 
We don't know what, what, what high school is going to do to him or what eighth grade is going to do for him, good or bad. So I'm convinced that Jim Harbaugh and any other coach that, that is worrying about their recruiting class five years from now, when their contract doesn't even extend until then, they're wasting their time. Now, we don't even know if Harbaugh will still be the coach, and we don't know what kind of players that, that Michigan will actually have on their roster then. And so I'm convinced middle school athletes shouldn't have to experience that kind of pressure of already getting scholarship offers, because think about it. they got enough to worry about with zits and figuring out who to sit next to at lunch. <laughs> to, to think about a big decision like what college they should attend and, and what scholarship to accept. I just think it's crazy. Let me know your thoughts. That's what I'm convinced of this week. Up next, we'll be joined by Al Wallace, former NFL defensive end, right here on Unpacking It. More sports, faith, and life coming up on Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. We're unpacking sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Al Wallace will join us in a moment. Coming up a little bit later, we'll do our segment, Unpack This, about the Kansas City Chiefs safety, Eric Berry. I read an awesome article about him this week, and it just got me thinking about how athletes are an inspiration to so many But why can't you and I also be an inspiration to others? And so I'll get to that at the end of the show. Uh, Hopefully uh, you'll be encouraged uh, by that. Uh, Also want to encourage you to check out our website, unpackingit.com. You can subscribe to our podcast and sign up for our email devotional. But joining us right now is Al Wallace. He's a former NFL defensive end who had a 10-year career playing for the Eagles, Bears, and Panthers the Bills and Dolphins as well. He was a member of the Panthers 2003 team that made it to the Super Bowl. He played his college football at Maryland. He's a husband and a father, and he joins us to talk faith, football, and life. Al, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. Thank you for having me. Excited to be on with you today. All right. Well, we're, we're fired up as well. And, of course, it's it's the NFL playoffs. And, and as a defensive guy, What do you think about the four teams playing in the conference championships being the top four offensive teams in the league for the first time? Yeah, you know, I I don't like those offensive guys. Uh, (laughs) It it makes me cringe to think about all those quarterbacks, especially Tom Brady, who kind of stared us down there in 2004 and and took our championship in a hard-fought battle there in Houston uh, to win that Super Bowl 38 but I mean it's going to be great what a what a great uh, group of matchups here the AFC and the NFC and I really like the two veteran guys Tom Brady and then Drew Brees on the other side for the NFC to really meet up in the Super Bowl and uh, those are going to go that one's going to go down for the ages if they're able to make it to a Super Bowl two Hall of Fame caliber quarterbacks what what do you think just from the defensive perspective makes each one of those hard to, to, to stop, and, and what has allowed them to, to sustain the level of success that they've been able to have? Well, without a doubt, they have uh, extraordinary talent, uh, arm talent, uh, football skills. But for me, the thing that separates those two from the pack 
is between the ears. It's their understanding of the game, that football IQ that they have uh, to kind of decipher and just dismantle defenses, what they can do uh, with the ball, making checks at the line of scrimmage, getting their guys into great positions. And they might be two of the most accurate quarterbacks in the history of our league. So uh, it's, it's great to see them still being able to do it uh, at the age they are, way up there 40 years old or so, um, to still be able to do it. And they can do that because they're so smart, they're so prepared, and a lot of young guys can take notes from that, especially guys like Patrick Mahomes who will be facing Brady. Uh, the preparation that goes into being that great, that level of preparation really can uh, separate you from a group of guys that are really, really good and makes you great. Absolutely. Al Wallace, our guest right now on Unpacking It, and and you mentioned playing uh, against the Patriots in the Super Bowl when, when you were with the, the Panthers and, and, and even going beyond Tom Brady, what, you know, every year we kind of ask these same questions. You know, how, how do the, the, the Patriots get back every year? And to think that, that you played against, a, what, 15 years ago and they're, they're still doing it, uh, you know, we always try to figure out what, what the story is. What's your perspective on, on how this team remains so good, so consistent? Yeah, it's Brady and it's Belichick and it's uh, the system that they have. You look at organizations and you look at these football teams across uh, the NFL and there's a bunch of changes every year. There's a Black Monday and coaches are getting fired and, and free agency. You see the shift of players from team to team. You don't see that in New England and I think that's helped them to sustain a level of excellence that has uh, gotten them five Super Bowl rings and when you're able to do that that continuity that consistency inside the locker room with the coaching staff uh, players are really able to build build on that uh, system that they use and it's really what it is not taking anything away from Brady and his skill set and what he's able to do um, but these guys understand their jobs they're able to execute it and do it well and it goes back to Belichick hey you have one job do your job. Don't try to do anything else. And the guys they bring in are really, really good at that. They buy into that system. They know they're going to win championships, and you're going to consistently see them as contenders every time we get to January and it's playoff season. <laughs> There's no question. We're just It's just part of the routine. Hey, it's the playoffs, and it's the Super Bowl, and the Patriots are there. We're, we're talking with Al Wallace right now on Unpacking It. Played uh, defensive end in the NFL for 10 years. And, and you played for multiple teams, multiple head coaches. And, and now the, nobody's like Bill Belichick. He, he's kind of separated himself as a great head coach, a legendary head coach, maybe the best ever. But from your experience and, and being in different locker rooms and, and being under you know, the leadership of different head coaches, what makes a great NFL head coach? And, and we you know, recently have seen seven or eight head coaches get hired uh, in, in the offseason this year. And so everybody's trying to find the, the, the next guy. What, what, what really resonated with you as a player when you looked to the head coach? It's really balance. Uh, you know, I played under Andy Reid and, and John Fox here with the Carolina Panthers. I was, been, I was coached uh, by Ron Rivera, who's now the head coach for the Panthers, uh, my time in, in Philadelphia under Andy Reid. So I think for a good head coach, what I found is great balance. A guy who understands kind of when to push the buttons, when to push down on the gas and squeeze that orange and get the most out of his guys, get the most juice out of them. But a, a guy who's kind of played the game, maybe understands that you need a break. And it's a grueling, physical, taxing game on the body. And, and you have to understand those signs that you see in your players 
when you need to take a day off, when you need a rest, when those veterans uh, need to stand on the sidelines during training camp with the caps on. I think coaches who are able to kind of do that, keep that discipline, keep that kind of respect, uh, keep the the message and, and the understanding, uh, the buy-in from the guys in the locker room do a really good job. And the balance not only goes through the coaching staff, but in that locker room, a good mix of older guys and veterans. And the teams I've played for, especially here in the Carolinas, had a great group of veteran leadership uh, on our football team. You think about Julius Peppers at the time, who was a second-year player when we went to the Super Bowl all the way up on that defensive line with guys like Brinson Buckner, who's now the defensive line coach out with the Oakland Raiders, uh, played 12 years in the NFL. You have that type of balance. It really helps your young guys learn the blueprint on how to be a pro right there with guys that are in those meeting rooms with them, and they don't have to hear it from the coaches all the time. Mm, that's a great perspective. Al Wallace, our guest right now on Unpacking It, former NFL defensive end. And and, and we, we've mentioned a couple times the, the, the Super Bowl run that the Panthers – went on uh it was the 2003 season and you guys go you know all the way to the super bowl and and fall to the the patriots and really an epic game but but now that it's it's playoff time what what kind of memories come come back for you and and what was the the week-to-week experience like throughout the playoffs and and really it was such a special run but but what what comes to mind when you look back well, it, it really came down to the beginning of the season when Jake DeLone comes in that football game against the Jacksonville Jaguars down maybe 17 points and, and really caps off that victory with a touchdown pass to Ricky Pro. Uh, it's just an improbable uh, group of characters that made up that football team. I don't think we realized uh, throughout the process how good we were or what we were about to embark on in a journey that would end up in Houston in a Super Bowl against the Patriots. Uh, but we just went out there, and, and with that lack of understanding, I think it just helped us go out every day and just scrap and fight because we felt like we were a bunch of tossaways, a bunch of throwaway guys that you know teams had given up on, and that really motivated us. And we were a really close-knit group. Um, if I remember anything about that season, it was how – uh, close we were, how much we loved one another and how much, uh, you know, we really enjoyed going out there, not just on Sundays, but practice. The walk from uh, the locker room out to the practice field at Bank of America Stadium, those every moment we spent together was memorable and was exciting. Uh, and to be in a Super Bowl, once we ran out of that tunnel and realized where we were and who we were facing, we knew we were going to leave it all out on the field. And I think if you look at that film, and we do from time to time every year when the Super Bowl comes up, we relive it. Uh, we are okay. very proud of what we, we put on that football field uh, as individuals, just taking that in and knowing that uh, we probably shouldn't have been there, but we were. And, man, did we go toe-to-toe with a team that is now considered one of the you know, best uh, franchises in the history of our game. That's right. And so, so the, the close-knit bond that, that you guys had, how much of that had to do with, with the faith of the locker room and, and, and guys you know, having deeper relationships that, that were based on the, the time that you guys had in, in Bible studies and, and that kind of thing? What we did, and I mean, it's a number of groups. It's it's like anywhere else you go and uh, any other uh, profession you, you take on. Uh, that football team was made up of a cast of characters. And, um, you know, a, a huge part of that, and, and it really, you know, started with guys like John Casey and Mike Rucker and Mike Minner, who kind of 
founded and and had this Bible study group that we're all a part of. And uh, I remember just it being an open door. That door was always open, and they were always willing to accept guys in there uh, to sit in, uh, to understand the word. Uh, and I was one of those guys that kind of had one foot in and one foot out. Uh, but when I was in and when I uh, sat down and I listened to those guys, man, they really uh, encouraged me. They really uh, were were examples for me as a father, a young father and a young man and, and someone on a up and down journey in the NFL had, uh, you know, a target to shoot for. And they were just great guys and guys like Mike Minner and, and Mike Rucker and those guys are, are really good friends of mine now because of who they were as men and what they believed, their faith and their conviction. And that really is stuck stuck with me until today. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I want to hear more about that. We're going to take a quick break, but we've got plenty more with Al Wallace, former Carolina Panther, played 10 years in the NFL. This is Unpacking It. Sharing the personal side of sports. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson on Sports Byline USA. Hey, hey, it's Bryce Johnson, and really appreciate you listening to the Unpacking It radio show each week. But I want to invite you to check out our website, unpackingit.com, so that you can sign up to receive Unpacking It each day in your email. That's right. We send out an encouraging, challenging, inspiring word uh, through email. It's, it's in written form. It's a, a devotional that takes a current sports story, relates it to the Bible. We call it Unpack This, and you can subscribe for free by going to unpackingit.com. It's designed to help you grow in your faith and, and help you understand the Bible better, all with a little sports and some of the cool stories going on in the world of sports. And so we encourage you to check it out. It's for you, and it's about two minutes each weekday in your inbox. Check it out, unpackingit.com, and subscribe to Unpack This. And while you're at it, be sure to subscribe to our podcast as well. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Welcome back to Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. And we're back with Al Wallace here on Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. We're talking faith, football, and life. And and Al was just sharing about that that special Carolina Panthers team that, that went to the, the Super Bowl back in 2004 when they, they took on the New England Patriots. And, and, and Al, you, you talk about being a, a young player during that, that season and during that time of your career with the Panthers and, and looking up to, to veteran players and not only who they were as, as football players, but who they were as people. When, when you look back at, at, at that time and, and you even look back at your, your NFL career, how have some of those experiences, the, the impact that those guys had on you, uh, affect you today? And how does that play out into the man that Al Wallace is today? Yeah, that, that journey, throughout my journey, uh, my specific journey through the NFL really shaped who I am as a father and a, and a friend and you know just a, a person who lives in Charlotte now uh, and able to experience the life that I have. I mean, the NFL uh, was a little rocky for me, in and out of the league, a uh, bunch of injuries, an undrafted guy, probably very unlikely to make it. I uh, ended up playing, uh, piecing together 10 seasons, uh, but I really feel like there was a big awakening when I got here to Charlotte 
um, I, I was was able to get around a group of guys that kind of, you know, helped me kind of remove myself from some of the things, some of the distractions that the NFL brings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it, it's it's tough. I mean, being a 20-year-old, 20-something-year-old guy, and you have money in your pocket and everything outside of that locker room that is, that's pulling on you, um, you know, to participate in, in things that uh, probably aren't conducive to being a husband and a father uh, and a great person in the community. So uh, just being around the, some of those guys I named um, who were doing things the right way, as I consider, you know, I really hope you really need uh, a team, not just on the field, but off the field and to be a pro. And to have, uh, you know, some great men around me really uh, helped me focus my life. It really helped me uh, kind of zone in on the things that I needed to do and who I wanted to be. Uh, when I got here, I had a little year-old daughter who's now 18, believe it or not, getting ready to go to college here. But wow. uh, it really helped me focus on that priority and being there for her and what kind of legacy, what kind of man that I want to be when she was 18 and was able to look at and understand uh, men and her dad. And I wanted to be that. And, you know, a lot of the things, a lot of the friends, a lot of the routine that I had, you had to separate yourself from that. And I had Mike Buckley, who was our team chaplain at the time, and John Casey and those guys. I can always go in there and lay heavy stuff on them if that was needed or, or just listen, sit in the back corner. And they were okay with that. And, man, did that make a difference in my life? And I'm, I'm positive that I'm sitting here. Uh, so many doors are open to me because of that, because of changing my life in 2002 and deciding to just simply be a better person. Wow. We're talking with Al Wallace here on Unpacking It, former NFL defensive end. Since then, how, how has your, your faith grown and, and, and just your understanding of, of who God is and, and, and how you know, important day-to-day it is seeking him and, and following him and, and understanding his word? How, how does that, that play in, in, in your own life? It plays out every day in everyday decisions. And I, I grew up in South Florida and I grew up in uh, around violence and around drugs uh, in, in the home uh, just outside my doors. And that really uh, makes you jaded to life a little bit. And you kind of, as much as you want to remove yourself from it, it kind of pulls you in and you kind of follow some of those same foot, footsteps. And I talk about my daughter, my 18-year-old daughter who was born in 2000. Uh, and, and I do that because when I looked at her, I think for the first time in my life, you know, I was maybe 28 years old, I realized how real God was and the responsibility that I had to her uh, to, to be a big dad and to be there and, and to provide and those things uh, that were going to make a difference. And it wasn't about the money. It wasn't about all the things that I could accomplish on the field. And through being in those Bible studies and through faith in the Word of God, I realized uh, you know, that the time I spent with her and, and the example I was going to be was going to be the, the legacy that I would leave her and the thing that, that was gonna, she was going to remember. Um, so it's been so important. I'll be turning 45 here. I actually have uh, my fifth child due in February oh, and still family and, and my faith and my love uh, for that group of seven of us is going to be here coming in February uh, just makes a huge difference in my life. And knowing that that focus and leaning on uh, God's word and his promises 
uh, can get me through anything. And there's been some dark, dark times, been some ups and downs uh, professionally and personally, but I've always come through, and that's because I believe uh, in the promises, uh, in the word that I read, and it's just been fantastic uh, to have that kind of burden lift off of you, that worry that most of us go through every day, um, you know, as you go through life. Amen. Al Wallace with us right now on Unpacking It. And, and, and you mentioned uh, multiple kids, but, but also your, your wife. Uh, what have you learned about marriage and, and what, what words of wisdom do you cling to when, when it comes to the, just living out the, the life of a husband? It's just been a wonderful process. My wife is, is unbelievable, and she is uh, so patient. Um, so patient with me, and I've uh, learned family uh, because of my own situation growing up. She has the most wonderful family that I could ever have imagined. And, oh, and watching that and understanding from her father, her brother, um, my brother-in-law married to her sister, the type of man you want to be, and being humble enough, uh, you know, in my own uh, life to take those things that I admired so much from her family. It's just been great. And she's uh, just such a loving person. Um, you taking me back to meeting her and that smile that kind of, you know, just sucked me in um, with the kids and patient with me uh, with some ups and downs and everything that comes along with the NFL career um, and post career and those types of things and raising kids and working together. She's taught me patience and, and really love and how to love um, and really how to accept love because of the way I grew up, uh, it wasn't easy. You kind of block certain things off to protect yourself. And now I've learned to open up and be okay with people taking care of me, loving me and accepting me for who I am on a day-to-day basis. Wow. That, that's, that's powerful. So, so as you think back to some of the tough things that, that you had to deal with growing up, how important has it been for, for you to, to then pour into the next generation or to, you know, just to, to be a, a, a role model and, a, and even a, a mentor to younger guys that, that you know are experiencing you know, tough backgrounds in the moment or even guys in the NFL that, that you come in contact with that you know had a similar background that, that you can offer you know, advice and, and encouragement to? I think it w- it's what drives me every day. I think it, it wakes me up. Uh, it gives me the motivation to go out there and uh, try to do anything I can to change lives. Uh, I really made that decision uh, when I was at the University of Maryland uh, as a teenager. Did not realize it uh, at that time, but um, I feel like that was something that uh, that maybe God put in my heart to want to do. Uh, I didn't grow up with a lot of positive male role models around me. The guys that were, the men that were, were teachers and administrators and football coaches. So at the University of Maryland, uh, I decided I wanted to be a coach and I wanted to be a teacher. I thought that would be the easiest way for me to get in front of young people to be able to change lives, to give them the same opportunity, the same motivation uh, that some great men back in South Florida did uh, for me. So that's what I have a degree in. It was education. Uh, And as I moved on and through the NFL and being able to use this platform, I've been able to train guys as they transition from the uh, college ranks to the pro ranks prior to their pro days and going to the combine. And I found out that I did more talking than I did training and prepping them. They Mm. understood football. They're ranked very highly. They know what to do. But the questions I would get was about the life Mm. and the finances and 
things they were going to face. And I wasn't bringing it to them. At least I didn't think I was the one initiating those conversations, but it gave me a great opportunity to talk with guys like Khalil Mack, uh, that's with the Chicago Bears, and Kwan Short right here who got drafted by the Carolina Panthers, be able to talk to those guys about being a pro when they're 20, when they're 21, before they enter the NFL and face those things, those obstacles and hurdles that I had to. So I do public speaking uh, to groups all around the Carolinas, uh, try to talk to kids and, and be around young people because I just want to be able to impact and touch at least one person the way I was to change a life because I am not supposed to be sitting here. I know I'm not supposed to be sitting here, but I am. And it's because people invested a little bit of time and a lot of conversation in me to give me the understanding that there was a life out there for me and I had to just go get it. I love it. Al Wallace, our guest right now on Unpacking It. And, and we're, we're running out of time, but, but appreciate your, your heart and, and passion and, and love uh, just hearing a little bit about your, your story today. The, the final question, because I, I know you, you do a lot of an analysis in, in Charlotte covering the Carolina Panthers, kind of in, in 30 seconds or so, the, the, the one big storyline that you're following during the offseason for the Panthers to kind of get back on track next season. Uh, it has to be number one, the top dog down there, Bank of America Stadium, the health of Cam Newton's shoulder. Is he going to be healthy enough to start uh, the 2019 football season? Are they going to bring somebody in to uh, get a be a backup in case he doesn't make it? We don't want to see him go the Andrew Luck route where he misses an entire football season, but so much of this team hinges on Cam Newton's right shoulder. Can he get healthy enough to be the guy that we know that we saw in 2015 and won the MVP? That's right. Got to get him back healthy for sure. Well, Al, man, awesome to talk with you. You, you were on, of course, the, the Super Bowl team that, that I was a huge fan of. So, so to be able to, uh, to talk to, to one of the guys that were a part of that, that special season back in 2003 with the Carolina Panthers, uh, really, really appreciate you joining us today, and we'll, we'll definitely catch up again soon. Yeah, I had a great time. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Absolutely. Hope everyone enjoyed our conversation with Al, and if you missed any part of that, interview go to unpackingit.com check out the podcast and find out all the different ways you can subscribe to our podcast so that you can listen anytime anywhere and and like i said i was pulling so hard for that panthers team back during that 2003 season when when jake delome took over at quarterback and it was just such a fun team to watch they, they came back in so many games they won close games they, they were just a thrilling team and an easy team to cheer for. And, and I, I was in high school back then, and so you're just such a big fan during that time of your life. And, and so for the Panthers to have that kind of success at that time and for Al to be you know really a key part of that defense, it, it was such a, a tough defense. I mean, Julius Peppers, Chris Jenkins, Brenson Buckner, Al Wallace, Mike Rucker, I mean, they, those guys were studs. Dan Morgan was a linebacker. Mike Minner in, in the, the secondary, Ricky Manny Jr., I mean, just a, a lot of studs. Uh, Steven Davis was the running back on that team. Moosin Muhammad, Steve Smith, Ricky Prohl were the wide receivers, and I could go on and on. Um, I could probably name the whole roster if I, if I tried. But, but, but anyway, it was great to have him on the show, and it's just another reminder that there are so many players that have lost to the Patriots over the years. Because throughout their, their 
year after year dominance and, and th- this incredible run that they've been on. I mean, Al Wallace is on a team that, that played 15 years ago and they lost in the Super Bowl to Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and the, the New England Patriots. It's just it's just incredible. So we'll come back. We'll do unpack this. It's unpacking it. Thanks for being with us. Inspiring conversations and intriguing interviews. More unpacking it with Bryce Johnson after this. It's Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. Each week, we wrap up the show with a segment we call Unpack This, where I take a current sports story and relate it to the Bible and our own lives. So let's jump right in. There is an awesome article about Kansas City Chiefs safety Eric Berry on ESPN.com with the headline, How Eric Berry Inspires a Team, a Town, and Beyond. And the article is titled, The Ripple Effect of Eric Berry. It explains how he has torn an ACL, had his childhood home burned down, fought cancer, ruptured an Achilles tendon in 2017, and has also been battling a heel injury this season. The way Barry has handled all of this is an inspiration, and he continues to use his experiences to have an impact on others. Whether it's encouraging people who are battling cancer, providing needs for kids, or leading the pregame defensive huddle even when he's injured. He's uplifting to those he interacts with and to those who watch him. The article explains that when Eric tore his Achilles, his mother Carol was watching on TV. As she watched her son's face, she knew he'd be okay because he looked at peace. It's great when athletes inspire others. But what about each of us? We all have a story of difficulty, unfortunate situations, and seasons of disappointment. Maybe not as extreme, but do we use our own experiences to encourage and inspire others? Are others motivated by how we handle injuries with peace? If we follow Jesus, his light, love, and power should shine through us and inspire others. Others should see something different in us and know that our faith in God enables us to persevere. Let's not waste our hardships, but instead allow them to bring glory to God as we inspire and comfort others. The Bible says God is our merciful father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. Today, let's seek to have a positive ripple effect on the lives of those we meet. So I hope you're willing to unpack that Thank you so much for joining me today, and I hope you'll stay connected with us on social media and on unpackingit.com. If you have any thoughts about today's show, you can email me, Bryce, at unpackingit.com. Until next time, I'm Bryce Johnson, and I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sins. He was resurrected, and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a wonderful week. This has been Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson on Sports Byline USA and Sirius XM Channel 211.